Ken. This is Arbitrarily Deterministic on KeithFM.com. The show where we talk to the people who are blurring the lines between art, technology, and popular culture. It seems so cliche whenever I say that. You're listening to this on KeithFM.com. You'll notice that there is a nice donate button there. That donate button is what helps keep us rolling. If you could, please press it and give whatever you can. Uh, Also, real quick, another little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, On Sunday, we're going to have a little barbecue out at Tempelhof. So for those of you that are here in Berlin and would like to join us, we're going to start sometime between around 3.30 or 4. So just look for us. You'll find us out there. Um, and also here on Arbitrarily Deterministic, we talk about NFTs quite often. NFTs are by nature financialized products. Nothing that we say here should be thought of as anything other than entertainment. And this is not investment advice. Without further ado, today I've got Marcelo Soraya Rodriguez as my guest, M. Soraya Rowe on Twitter. Um, yeah, Marcelo is a generative artist who has released product pro, uh, pieces on uh, Versum, on the Hen contract, on FX Hash, as well as on Art Blocks. Marcelo, say hi. 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 <laughs> Any other instructions? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> hey, Marcelo, why don't you let everybody know why I've got you on today? Um, well, why you've got me? Probably because you're wrong. But um, no. Um, uh, pro- well, well, you, you, you said earlier that you that you have here people on your show who are blurring the line between things. Um, so I guess maybe I'm blurring something, and that's why you've got me here. But um, actually, if I look back at, at my um, at, at what I've been doing for the past years. Um, maybe maybe that is what I've been doing. I'm not so sure. Uh, I've been working on um, uh, large financial institutions, uh, precisely maybe blurring the line between what a financial institution was and what uh, other services could be or what fin- a financial institution could turn out to be into the future. And actually, we tried to build services um, that, that kind of blurred the line, again, of what that was. But then I, I kind of started trying to use art and culture as uh, strategic corporate tools. Um, well, because uh, through art, you can probably foresee changes in society that you cannot really explore in any other way, because art is, uh, can have the luxury of being abstract, abstract enough to represent uh, what is not yet there. And, uh, well, other tools for strategy are too specific and too concrete. So um, trying to use uh, art as that uh, was probably blurring the line too much also. And that's why at some point I left uh, that financial institution to try to set that up uh, on my own. Well, actually, not just on my own, but alongside uh, Iskra Velichkova, who was also uh, working on that thing. And we we tried to set something up um, doing that. Uh, then COVID came along, we couldn't uh, pursue that idea anymore. And um, well, we ended up uh, each of us having their own uh, artistic career. And um, uh, we, we kind of got into doing generative art. And, um, and um, yeah, uh, some, somehow uh, using these, uh, the blockchain and the NFTs and everything to, to try and uh, uh, well, explore how we could uh, bring our our um, yeah our creations, let's say uh, the things that we were doing, uh, into the market and and into a greater audience and so on. And and that might also have been uh, blurring the line, but that is some blurring the line that other people have been doing. So maybe that's not so much blurring the line in this program <laughs> at least. And um, and yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's uh, if I if I if I try to think about what blurs the line and what doesn't. Uh, in, in my practice, well, maybe that is a very brief 
uh, overview. And I'm not very sure that I really answered your question or not. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, you did. Cool. Yeah. Hey, so tell me, were you guys, when the two of you were thinking about what you were thinking about before COVID, were you guys thinking about this via blockchain already or did the blockchain kind of enter into it after? Um, well, actually the blockchain came after okay. into it. I mean, we... Um, uh, actually, I, I was not so much aware that uh, NFTs existed or anything like that um, when, when actually, yeah, when, when I was when, when I first got any contact with the blockchain, it was through this work as uh, doing innovation uh, work at the bank mm-hmm. and, and looking at uh, def- different technologies, new technologies that were uh, popping up, uh, things that we should be aware of, things that could mean change somehow. And, uh, and of course, blockchain was there, and, and I kind of well, looked into it. It was not my, my field of uh, um, uh, expertise. I was mostly into, into data, data analysis, data science, and all these things, and, and how that would change things for us. Um, but then, um, uh, yeah, when, when we started trying to um, instill art and culture, like I said earlier, as this uh, corporate tool, uh, we we were not really aware of uh, the NFT market or anything like that, or that NFTs actually existed because they already existed. Uh, we were doing this uh, in 2018 and 2019, and um, but we were we really didn't know much about that. And then uh, generative art um, was something that we've been doing well, each of us differently, probably. But in my case, I had been like toying with it for for some years already, actually. Uh, because uh, I had kind of the drive to do something that was not that was not just um, engineering or uh, uh, strategy. I, I am an engineer by uh, by um, uh, studies, um, and but, but yeah, engineer was a little bit too much. Uh, probably um, was the word uh, structured somehow for me, and I kind of needed to express something a little bit more. Uh, uh, freely, and that's why I started using um, well the knowledge that I had from engineering. So my tools, my artistic tools, which is coding, because I, I knew how to code. So I started coding to do other things, and uh, and, and that's kind of early generative things that I was doing a long time ago uh, in the early two thousands um, or mid two thousands. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of maybe where it started generatively for me. And then, uh, well, in the, in the past two years, I kind of uh, focused a little bit more on, on, on dedicating more time to doing all that. Uh, and in maybe mid-2020s when I started, again, coding, like uh, dedicating uh, more time to code and to start building one of the, one of the systems. Actually, I started building the system that ended up being um, um, Entre Tiempos, my Artblocks project. I, I, I started doing that just because I wanted to. I didn't even know that there was an NFT market. I didn't even know that, you know, I could ever do something with that. I just needed to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, I've been, I'm on record as saying that I think Hunter Tiampos is like the, I mean, for my, for me personally, I think it's just the most, uh, it touches me really deeply and I, I love it. I think it's the, the best, you know, superlatives aside, I think it's the best thing that I've seen, um, period. And I, I, I was very fortunate to have gotten a very good one in the early, in the early bit there, because I feel like what you've released there is something else. It brings me, brings me to another place. So whenever you started that, were you, so your pieces tend to focus on things that deal with music. You have music on, you, you've made music in the past were you thinking about these as musical pieces on their own or were you thinking of them as being accompanied by music or how do you, how do you view, how do you view them? You mean Entre Tiempos? Yeah. And Contrapuntos or, or, as well, right? Both oh, and Contrapuntos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Contrapuntos had more probably of a musical inspiration um, originally to them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I, yeah, there was this little description that I made of the project that already mentioned that. Um, I, I had been for quite some time thinking about the concept of um, what is the visual uh, translation of the musical counterpoint. I mean, I, I love musical counterpoint. I love, um, I, I don't know very much about music theory, 
even though I did some music and so on, I'm not really an expert. I mean, I, I, I took some classes uh, in my teenage years, but then I went on to, you know, producing my own music or my own kind of self-taught and so on. And the same thing for my appreciation of, of music when I was a little kid. I used to attend uh, classical music concerts, uh, but I never, somehow I never uh, went into really wanting to learn it all about it. Uh, and, and let's say, yeah, remembering what I learned. So, so it's also kind of uh, self-taught right now, uh, what I do with, uh, with that. So I'm not so sure sometimes that exactly uh, the counterpoint is exactly what I'm talking about, the counterpoint technique. Kind of, yes, but, um, and I don't know much about lots of composers who are doing uh, that uh, nowadays or not, but I mean, to me, I, I always had like uh, Johann Sebastian Bach as like the central uh, figure reference for this. Mm -hmm. And when I listened to his uh, music, to his counterpoints, I was thinking, what? I mean, if you really listen uh, focused on the music, which is something that we don't really do much nowadays, because nowadays we do everything at the same time, meaning that we don't really focus on anything at all. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, if you really take the time to take the music and listen to it and get inside the music, uh, to me, it is absolutely amazing. The interplay between the different lines, uh, the question answers, uh, all these things that, the, that the, the music is doing. And if the composer is good enough, then it really transports you somewhere else. It kind of connects you to, to some uh, greater truth or some uh, layer of existence that maybe we are not really aware of, but, but uh, music in, in its glorious abstraction can take you there, uh, to me at least. And, uh, and I kind of was thinking, what is, is there any uh, parallel to that in the visual uh, realm? I mean, uh, and, and, and I started thinking about this concept, actually looking at the light entering through the windows, um, um, through the window shades, through Venetian blinds, through and, and, then, and then see how it moves through the space and then see how the light reflects on first one surface and then there is another surface maybe a little bit more uh, behind and then the light will kind of jump from one place to another place. And to me, that was, that was like, like a visual counterpoint. Um, and I, I thought, can I, can I do that? Can I produce that? And actually, I've been trying to produce like visual outputs that play somehow with that concept uh, for me. Um, I still really haven't gotten to the point of, of producing something that is really interesting in that respect. But uh, um, Contrapuntos was maybe the first attempt at uh, doing that, uh, let's say, in a, in a large scale or in a more... Not, not just a quick sketch or not just a quick uh, yeah, thing, but re really something that could work at scale. Mm -hmm. um, and, well, there are, no, there are really no rules, no uh, counterpoint rules built into the system. The system is actually doing something very simple. Um, um, but, but the outputs kind of gave me that feeling, yeah. gave me the feeling of, uh, well, there, there are several lines here having a conversation. Maybe, or or I can see I can see some activity there. I can see things. I can if I also look closely, not just at one image, but rather at, at a lot of images. If I look at a lot of outputs from the system, I start getting this uh, musicality out of it. I start getting this uh, question and answer. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, question and answer uh, dynamic from it. Um, so it kind of gave me a little bit of that. Um, in the case of uh, Andre Tiempos. Music was not a direct inspiration to it, like I said. It was more, like I wrote uh, in some article, it was more uh, the works of Sonia de Launay and the Orphists, mm -hmm. which, I, which, I, which I've always loved. Mm -hmm. and, and that was the direct inspiration. I just wanted to create a system that would be able to, um, to create works that would be like, yeah, tributes to her work, mm -hmm. more or less. Uh, and then I, as I developed it, uh, the system was actually getting too slow to produce an image. Uh, so I had to, I, I prepared it such in a way that it would paint the image progressively. And then when the time component appeared, uh, the musical component appeared in my mind when I, when I saw it. Uh -huh. because, uh, because, well, music plays out only in time. Mm -hmm. There is, I mean, of course, you can, you can look at a, at a uh, musical score and you, you can look at the notes, and if you know what they mean, you can maybe try to play the music in your mind, but the moment you are 
interpreting the musical score in your mind, you are already in a time dimension. Correct. Uh, yeah. And okay, the, the, the sheet of music is, um, is, is uh, two-dimensional uh, and, and can exist in one single moment of time. But the music that is coded through that, that cannot ever exist in one moment of time. It exists through time. So, so that's what happened, uh, actually, when I added the time dimension to these pieces. Uh, and, and to me, they are now fundamental. I mean, the, the work entre tiempos, I mean, the, what I was coding uh, since uh, May 2020 was a system that tried to produce an image. But as soon as I added the, the time element, the work is not about uh, the final image anymore. The work is about every single step in the process. And the work is about looking at the work evolve in the same way that you listen to music um, play. Um, and, and well, uh, in the case of Entretiempos, images have um, one, one end point, let's say, which is, okay, they have painted all the things that they can paint for that given hash, for, for the given seed, for that uh, particular piece of work. Um, but then I added this other mode that is uh, the, the never-ending loop, which is all the time painting and vanishing, painting and vanishing, yeah. uh, which, is, which is, okay, some pieces are more complex, and that's why I started adding all the, the features of, the, of this work, um, uh, the features that, that you can uh, see on, on the Airblock site or, or, or on OpenSea. They have uh, musical names to them. Uh, the, the length of the work. Mm -hmm. How long does it take to paint? How, how many elements does it contain? So it can be a symphony, it can be a passage, or it can be you know, different things. Because uh, to me, that was the only way that I could try to express what I saw. And actually, some of it works. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm actually working uh, from time to time in trying to produce a better synchronization between music and the code. I play out with, and I take several pieces of classical music, and I play them while I look at the, at the, at the tempos running. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, well, it gives me deep emotions yeah, when I look true. at that. Yeah. Uh, I still have to find a way to, to produce something that is, um, that is uh, like a little bit more interesting than just playing certain music along with it. Um, and, and I don't know if I'll be able to produce something interesting in that respect or not. But to me, again, um, adding music there, uh, either as an inspiration or as a, yeah, as a, um, an ingredient, um, yeah, it, it, it is something that is in me, even though, like I said, it was not originally there when I started doing it. Um, but yeah, music is, a, is, music is always a very great um, source of inspiration for me, or, or at least it's an, an um, endless source of uh, emotions for me. And, and from those emotions, I get like the, the need to create something. Mm -hmm. And and well, it's it's always some kind of uh, it's a it's a yeah fuel somehow. The, anyway, that answer has already taken too long. So <laughs> it's not too long. Come on, this is the point. This is why we're we're here. You get the ability to actually answer things in long form. That's fantastic. I mean, you know, last um, last week I had Toymento on, and uh, Toymento also brought up how he responds to music and how music has been a big inspiration into what he does. And I find that that's interesting because a lot of you know visual work music takes a response from, you know, some visual things and visual things take response from music. And I think it's a it really nice how they, these things kind of interplay with each other. And it's really fascinating to hear how you put that into, into perspective by saying that this all exists within time. And that's, and that's one of the things that generative art can do better than anything else. Right. In this sense is that mm -hmm. it has this sort of ability to create that thing. And I mean, Whenever I discovered the RY mode, um, the endless loop, the constant painting um, of of the of these of these pieces, some of them are very frantic and they they happen very quickly. Like in the passages, whenever you do it, these things they loop, but they loop in these like really quick man in these really quick frantic ways. Yeah, and then you have these symphonies. Um, such as the one that I have or the one that 17 Black got recently. These are, in my opinion, these are two really fantastic uh, examples of this because you really, they take a while to unfold and whenever they start to unfold, they unfold and bits and pieces are moving in frantic ways. But the overall piece mm -hmm. itself, it's it, it sort of just, it takes time and it's, 
Oh man. I mean, it's really difficult to describe it to people. I have to show it to folks. And I, every time I've shown it to anybody, they're just like, Oh my God, that's, that's amazing. You know, that's, it brings this sort of second, another layer to this, you know, that a lot of other, a lot of pieces just can't, can't do uh, or don't do. Well, so, you know, it's, it's great. Thank you. How did that come yeah. about that you ended up getting that out over there on, on art blocks? Cause we'd been seeing you, you know, release works in progress um, via crypto Twitter for quite some time. And we were all thinking that it might, you know, well, I wouldn't say we were thinking, we were all kind of hoping that it was going to come to FX hash. But when it came to art blocks, I was, I mean, I was over the moon for you. I thought, Oh my goodness, this is, this is really a, this is a big step. This is a huge mm. deal. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I came to know about art blocks uh, probably in my early days in the NFT space. Um, when I when I first heard about NFTs, which was uh, end of 2020, yes, mm-hmm. um, I started you know researching a little bit and, and trying to understand what was going on because there were so many things going on that it was kind of uh, well impossible to take it all in one go. And uh, through this research, I started noting down like places I found most interesting. I found very interesting um, uh, async.art, the concept of artwork that is can change over time and, and can do other things. So I thought, oh, this could be interesting. But then the most interesting to me was at the time art blocks uh, by a large difference because it was the home for generative art. It was, it was that place where these things could actually happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can, I, I could, you know, take my code and, and run it a million times and produce a million uh, images in my hard drive. Uh, so what? Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I going to do? Am I going to put up, uh, you know, websites with millions of uh, images, which nobody is going to ever care about that? And um, and I don't know that 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 was a little bit difficult. But but then this uh, Arblot uh, enabled um, a new kind of attention towards generative art, I guess. And um, and well, I, I, I thought, you know, we, we really need to give this a go somehow um, back in the, yeah, like in early 2021, I mean, uh, which which sounds, by the way, like, I mean, I say it like it was so long ago, it was just a year ago. I know. But, um, but, but a year in crypto, a crypto year uh, is like, you know, very long, very long time. Time is relative, but let's not go that way because then we're not going to end uh, talking about that. But but the thing is, um, uh, yeah, Arblox was always very interesting. And then I thought I need to apply to this. I, I but but I felt that I was uh, largely unprepared for that. I mean, I mean, I was thinking, who am I? I'm no one, absolutely, uh, here in the in the in the art world, and I'm no one in the NFT world. I'm no one at all. So so if I if I apply, maybe I'm not going to be, uh, you know. Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to be rejected or whatever. So I started, well, just improving my, my uh, skills and, and probably, yeah, experimenting more, doing uh, more works and so on. And minting, I started minting mostly on hand uh, when, I, when I heard about it uh, since the early days. And uh, that gave me an opportunity also to, to kind of get some kind of um, feedback. You can get feedback through Instagram because people will like your thing. But the real feedback is someone uh, someone bought you a piece of work. You know, someone bought you uh, this this thing you did yesterday, mm-hmm. and that is very very different. That the friction there uh, means a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, frictionless uh, support is too easy to give, but uh, but uh, frictionful support, like okay, I'm going to spend money on what you do. Is, uh, is a different kind of validation. And actually it helps you a lot as, as a feedback tool, let's say, to know if, uh, well, if what you're interested in doing has an audience or not. I'm not, I'm not gonna say that you have to do what sells, which I think would be a mistake, but knowing that what you do uh, is interesting to someone, interesting enough for them to spend their money um, is, is, I think, a, a kind of validation that maybe at some point you need to have to understand if you are if you are conveying your message uh, uh, correctly, I mean, if if you feel that you have something to say, uh, and, and and no one is really interested, uh, no one at all, then maybe you're not saying it in, in you know in the way that you have to say it. Not that you need to change what you do, but maybe you have to express it differently. I don't know. So the thing is that um, 
um, well, through through going through hand helped me a lot, probably improve. And uh, sometimes you are tempted to think that, oh, look at this very nice piece of whatever I did. Um, you can you can become too self indulgent um, if you if you don't expose yourself to the perils of the real uh, market, let's say. But when you go through that, then 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 you can also um, well uh, be more uh, what's the word? You can you can ask more of yourself, let's say, mm-hmm. so that's, that you can push yourself more. Yeah, and and that that's kind of kind of uh, more or less what I did. So by the end, by I think it was June. Uh, by June, Artblocks opened up their applications again, mm-hmm. and um, and I applied for it even though I, I felt my system was probably not really ready, fully ready, but at least I had some work to show in my application form. I could say, you know, I've been doing these things. I think this is kind of maybe interesting. Uh, the system was already uh, in development and I had already uh, minted pieces uh, using the, the early, let's say, versions of the code um, on hand. And well, they had got some nice reception and, and I was, most important, I was kind of happy with where the, that thing was going. So I applied uh, for it. I got a reply, maybe it was late September or early October, something like that, uh, saying that it was their turn to re- review my application. Um, was I still interested? Yes, I was still very much interested. Um, and, and then they said, okay, so you can, you can show us something now. What would you like to show us? And then uh, show us a running... Uh, um, uh, running system, so give us a URL that we can check to see how it works and so on. I mean, we've we've seen the outputs you produce. This is interesting, but please show us a running uh, site. Mm-hmm. My code was written in in Python processing, uh, uh, so I could not put that on a web browser. I need to to convert all that into P five JS and well JS, and that took me a while because uh, well, I, it's been such a long time that I didn't code JavaScript at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I had to, you know, port all my Python code to JavaScript, uh, rethink the way I was doing certain things, and so on. That took me a, a really long time. And and then I already, uh, well, I showed them something which uh, which went fine with them, and they said, okay, we we can keep going forward with this. And I had to refine certain things before I could start, let's say, entering in the process of knowing if if uh, I would be accepted as a curated collection or not, and so on. And in the meantime, FX hash came out. Yeah. And, and then I said, oh, look. And, and, and actually, FX hash, I, we had been discussing for many months that, that someone, maybe us, should try to make a, an, an art blocks on the Tethos uh, blockchain. Yeah. Kind of an art blocks. I mean, it, it, some, some, some site for generative art on the Tethos blockchain because we thought it was very much necessary to have something like that on the Tethos blockchain. And, and we, we thought back then, and we still uh, believe right now, or me at least, that the Tethos blockchain is, is right now, to me, is like the most interesting um, um, uh, place, blockchain for art, mm-hmm. uh, for it's, it's buzzing with innovation. It's, uh, no, there's lots of really interesting things going on there. Um, so, so yeah, the, so we said, oh, look, there's finally, there's, uh, they stayed here. And I was thinking, mm, where should I put this? But I, I, I really wanted to let's see to see if my work could have the the curated um, seal of approval, let's say. And, um, and well, I finally got it. I mean, it, it took me very long to actually finalize the system uh, so that they could make their decision on whether this would be curated or not. Um, and uh, on the meantime, I was getting messages by people. Are you, when are you going to mint this on FX hash? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> when is it going to be out? Well, I don't know because you know my my code my, my browser is crash, is crashing right now because of whatever thing I was doing. And then w- while refining the work, mm-hmm. while uh, making it work better, while improving the um, the performance so that it could run uh, live and so on. I, I started adding certain things, like for example the RY option, mm-hmm. um, which which I, I looked at it and I, I thought mm, this this makes total sense to make it run forever uh, in that way. And well, I I, I was I was lucky that uh, they they liked it, and that's how it got uh, the curated seal, and that's how I, I moved forward. But it was it was interesting because 
when I when I I've read some some reviews or some uh, articles uh, about that and 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 uh, let's say they, they they kind of say oh this this person went from hen to fxs and then to rblox and i was all, all the time thinking i was trying to get in rblox for so many for so long ago that to me it doesn't really feel like i went first to fxs and then to rblox but of course i didn't get uh, in until after fxs but anyway that's you had uh, another one. That you time. released two things on FX hash before on yes. The other one was Aprendizajes, no? And so, like, how did that one come about? I mean, did, was that like being run concurrently when while you were messing around with um, trying to solve make Hunter Tiampos, or how yeah. was that like? Yes, yes. Um, um, I, I I kind of did that while since I I, I couldn't make it with um, Entre Tiempos to the to the let's say publishing window of 2021, I couldn't release it in 2021. Um, I stopped it for, I don't know, since mid-December more or less. Um, and I, I, I took some days, I, I thought, I'm going to take some days to rest. But then I thought, hmm, maybe I can take this other thing, which uh, Aprendizajes is also like, it's something that I've, I had been working on for the whole year, basically. Uh, and actually, it also comes from the pre NF from my pre NFT work. I mean, it's not something that I created to become an NFT, let's say, but rather um, we we got an Axidraw plotter, pen plotter at home last uh, well, no, in the summer of 2020, and um, and well, some of the, my first tests there were trying to recreate. Uh, works uh, or not, not recreate works, but rather, again, creating tributes to works of uh, Kasimir Malevich uh, using lines instead of, uh, let's say, field uh, uh, geometry. I really like all his work on, well, you know, this, this big, almost uh, like rectangles and squares and so on. Well, basically the suprematist style, mm -hmm. I really like it a lot. And I thought maybe I can, I can try to, you know, write something that again creates artworks in somewhat that style um and then when i started thinking how can i how can i plot that with a pen plotter because i wanted to do it with a plan with a pen plotter um and the pen plotter of course cannot make fields automatically I mean, you you just need to feed lines to the thing you cannot feed all things so so i started creating an algorithm that would create a rectangle made of lines you know, one line next to very tightly packed. If you if you do that, then okay, you are essentially filling an, an entire area. So I did some tests with that, and I I was plotting that, and I, I left it there. And then uh, throughout uh, 2021, I reused uh, parts of that code to to start doing other things. Uh -huh. uh, let's say with that, and uh, and I created well different types of artworks using the same base. Uh, uh, yeah, code and, and routines and functions that I had there. So by the end of the year, I thought maybe it would be a nice way to close the year, um, creating a piece that is a, a tribute to learning because um, that has been my journey this year. It has been about learning a lot of things. And, and uh, learning is at the, at the root of absolutely everything. I mean, with, with, without learning, uh, without education, we, we, well, we, we have nothing as, 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 a, as the human race, let's say. So that was also kind of in there. And, and, and to me, it was interesting to use that uh, particular piece of code because, uh, well, because um, it had gone through a lot of different changes and I had used it for so many different things that, um, that to me, it encoded, let's say, uh, the process of learning. Not that anyone would actually understand that by looking at the, at the final work, but it was my motivation, let's say, to do it. And, and that's why I chose it. So I, I decided to try and, and create a piece that I could uh, mint within 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I worked um, um, uh, strongly on that uh, on those days during Christmas time and so on. And, and I decided to yeah try to release it before the end of the year. That's that's what I did. Yeah, it was it was an in, that was an interesting moment in FX hash history. <laughs> I was still whenever the scammers could still pop you weirdly, and so many strange little moments were happening there. And you and you you, you brought it up, and then you put it away, and then you and then you brought it back up. And oh man, I remember it was like it was a very stressful moment for some people, myself included. It was it was 
myself included, because, you know, I mean, uh, I really wanted to do it right. I tried to, you know, create, I, I knew, I, I was aware that uh, there had been scammers already in other projects in the past weeks, in the previous weeks. Um, and I said, okay, what can I do? So I, I announced that it was going to be there, but then I tried to, you know, I created my, my Tesos domain name and other things to like try to make sure that it was easier to distinguish between scammers and not. Mm-hmm. And when the moment came to mint, I started minting and the tests that you have to do pre-final minting, let's say when you upload your work there and you see that it's working, um, I saw that it was not working. And I, 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 I noticed that there was a problem with the resizing and I noticed that there was a problem with something else and I was like, how is, it, how is this possible? I noticed that when you resized the work, it would paint a different thing. And I, and I was like, this is not really possible. It's, I've been working on this for two weeks and I haven't noticed this before. What, why is this going on? So, so yes, I have a somewhere in the code, there was still a dependency with the, with the initial width, let's say of the, of the drawing. And then if you change that, it would just, all the, all the random numbers would generate differently. Mm. Um, so that, that was, uh, I, I was, you know, trying to recode the thing against the clock. Uh, and then, yeah, some people were asking on Twitter, some people were asking on the Discord. I was totally out trying to just finish doing that. Some people got very angry. Uh, apologies for that, everyone. If someone's still angry with me, I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, in the end, I could, I could do it. And then I published it, and it was just um, very weird to see everything sell out in like, I don't know, 10 seconds or something like that. Yeah, it was really fast. Uh, and th- those days were, were a little bit too crazy. I think, I think that was not really, uh, I mean, I, I could have thought, oh, look how successful I am. But it felt strange because, uh, well, like, like you said in the, in the introduction, NFTs are inherently somehow um, financialized instruments or uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, there, there's, there was... Thanks. I think it's good that maybe part of that hype is is passing away, is going away. Um, but at that moment, there was like peak hype with with certain things, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there there were a lot of uh, you know just uh, instant uh, collectors to instantly sell it and so on. And, and it felt a little bit strange, you know, uh, to do all that, trying to do it very quickly, and then it evaporates. And then you're not so sure if uh, if anybody actually cares for your work. Right. Um, but uh, but hey, I cannot complain at all. I mean, I I, I was I was, you know, I was um, uh, I don't know, kind of happy also to see that there were a lot of people saying, no, no, I have this one. I, I got the, there were there was some discussion on whether it was all bots or not, and then lots of people started popping out saying. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a real person. I, I minted this and it, I did it because I like it and so on. Were so you able to get one? Good. No. No. I, I think I bought some on the secondary market <laughs> because, um, yeah, I mean, and I had read somewhere, if you mint directly on the, if you, if you call the contract directly on this address using the tools from Baking Bad or whoever, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see that. And, and I had like, a tab prepared with all that thing on my browser. Uh, and on the other tab, the, the mint thing. So I minted. I went to the other tab to see if I could do something. And, and you know, it's like maybe 10 seconds. I don't know how long it took me. It was done. Yeah. Well. I, I also, I couldn't get one either. I ended up buying one on secondary market, but I let it sit. I let it ruminate for... I did the yeah. the whole seven day thing that uh, Galaxy <laughs> R- Galaxy RGB put up. He was just like, "Hey, we should cool out for seven days here." And you exactly. know, I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a pretty good idea." Maybe it wasn't exactly seven days. Maybe I, maybe one popped up that I was paying attention to just before that, and it was at a mm. you know a fair enough price. And I thought, okay, I'll get this one because I liked it. I like the ones that have the debug mode actually on. I know that that's mm. it's weird that that's um, the one that I chose to go with because I normally like the other things, but the, this one had this weird way of the connecting in the debug mode that I quite mm. liked. It looks kind of like some weird bird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, to, to me, the debug mode was very, very important in this piece. And um, I, I would have used it more in some other pieces, but, well, I, I got too, too um, busy with trying to finalize entry tempos correctly. Yeah. 
but um, which was worth it. But to me, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, to me, totally. And I, I'm really kind of happy with with uh, the work itself. But um, yeah, because the debug mode in the Aprendizajes piece made all made total sense because it was about learning, and the debug mode was all about learning. I mean, it's it's an essential tool for learning. To, to be able to fail and to inspect why you failed and to be able to know what's going on under the hood and so on, uh, which applies to coding, but to everything else in life. And um, we, we just don't have, sometimes we don't have debug tools in, in, in our daily errands, whatever we do, you know. Uh, but we, we could use some debug tools. Yes. If, or, or one can actually kind of uh, build some, some uh, processes uh, to have some kind of debug tools in real life. I think I think that's helpful, and, and and for sure the intention with that piece was to have that. Now I thought that maybe some people wouldn't be so so happy to have the debug uh, mode exposed, uh, so I, I added the capability to, to turn it off. Um, but I don't know. I, I really like the pieces in debug mode. It's um, I don't know. It, to me, I have spent so much time looking at the debug mode <laughs> while I pr- produced the pieces. But it's kind of special to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm personally into it. I mean, I think that it's a, a fascinating. And, and I like it because of precisely what you just said. It made me think a lot about that, about how, like, in life, it would be great to have the ability to have this, you know, like, to say, man, this part sucks. Let's figure, let's fix out, let's figure out how this is, <laughs> why this is happening and have this mode on. So, yeah, that's really yeah. fascinating to hear you also say that that's why you left that there. That's really great. Yeah, so when you, when you talk, when you talk about, your work, you, you take a pretty deep philosophical bend in all of this. Did you, have you, I mean, do you read a lot of philosophy books or is this more just like because of the way you are in general or? Well, I, I don't read a lot of philosophical books. Uh, that's the truth. I mean, I would like to read more, um, but, but somehow I, I never organize myself. I never prioritize reading. I mean, I'm not going to say that I, that I don't have time to read. We all have time to do almost anything that we want. It's just a matter of getting organized, and I am a bit chaotic for that. Mm-hmm. I admit that. But um, but yeah, I like I, I basically like uh, using the work I do to reflect on things because it makes me think. Um, actually, before dedicating myself full time to to you know producing my own art and so on. Um, my idea was when when I left the the bank, I left the financial institution. Um, well, I, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, me and Aniska wanted to set up like some kind of consultancy slash creative um, agency slash um, promotion of the arts slash I don't know exactly what we were doing. Uh, we wanted to do a lot, a number of things. A physical magazine. We wanted to do um, because it, because a physical magazine forces you to look away from a screen. Yeah. Um, there are many publications, digital publications, which since they live in the context of a screen, then they can be easily replaced by absolutely anything else that comes off that same screen. Yeah. Uh, and and also uh, they are bound by the screen. And if the screen is 13 inches, then you have 13 inches. And if the screen is a phone, then you have a phone in portrait mode. And so, so that actually completely shapes uh, what you get from the context, from the, sorry, from the uh, content uh, in, the ma- in the manner of um, uh, um, the medium is the message, not only, yeah, the medium is the message, the medium is totally the content. So the screen is what you get. So we thought maybe if we want to talk about uh, certain things, we have to do it in a different format because the format is going to tell a lot about the things that you want to say. So we thought maybe we can make like this kind of uh, very, uh, very well crafted magazine uh, that speaks, oh, whatever I have inside is important because look, I'm very well crafted, right? Mm. Um, I think it was uh, the, 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 the conductor, Suving Meta, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but anyway, the, the classical uh, music conductor who said that when you enter into an auditorium, the auditorium tells you that um, the music that you're going to listen to is important because the auditorium is, uh, you know, important when you, when you get into, into a good place to, to listen to music. Um, and this effect has been uh, exploited by a lot, a lot of institutions through history, throughout history, when you enter a cathedral, 
uh, well, God is important because the cathedral is very, very large, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so in a sense, um, uh, that's why we wanted to make a magazine. And and you see, I'm a complete disaster because I was not going to talk about that, but that's not the question that you made. But anyway, the thing is that um, what we wanted to do on that magazine actually was to make a mixture of uh, um, articles that might talk a little bit about strategy, corporate strategy, digital strategy, and so on, and mix that with arts and culture and other things and certain reflections. And we wanted to bring in philosophers and artists to talk about, uh, well, uh, how maybe technology is changing things and, and, and to talk about other things so that technologists could also, let's say, think about those other things. And, um, well, like I said, uh, previously, we, we put all those plans on hold. But then when we kind of, each of us restarted our own line, my, my first attempt was to uh, write articles. I thought maybe I can uh, write articles for a living. Maybe I can uh, put my ideas out there. Uh, in the end, that's why I was paid for at this financial institution. I mean, they, they were paying me every month because, uh, well, for, for what I had to say, let's say, because I... Because I, I always brought maybe a slightly different approach to certain things. Not very, necessarily not very original, but slightly different. That was good enough. Um, so I thought maybe, maybe other people also uh, could pay for that. So maybe I can build some kind of a publication where I write about certain topics with this uh, slightly different point of view, uh, which forced me to think about the things that I wrote, of course, and, and which um, forced me to, to try to write down those ideas that I might have and those reflections that I might have on certain things and, uh, and trying to express them in a way that they would be useful to someone. Now, uh, the thing is, I, I typically have a lot of problems to pay attention to my own thoughts, to my own ideas. I mean, I'm, I'm carried away by, by the thoughts and ideas of others, and, and it takes me too long sometimes to, to really sit down and get concentrated um, to write, let's say, a proper article. Uh, like once I've got some articles written on my, on my site um, about product strategy, digital strategy, and other things, uh, but always with this different, uh, or, or, I don't know if it's different, but I try to make it a different approach. Um, so, so that's kind of the seed uh, from, from where these things are coming. So when I make a work of art, like a large, scale work of art, like, like the long form generative projects I've been publishing. Um, I really like uh, writing an article for them because then the article kind of, um, um, it's, it's not that it summarizes, but the article becomes an extension of the work. The article in a sense sometimes explains certain things about the work or the article includes uh, things that I've been thinking about while I was doing the work, even though the work was not about that. Um, and then, yeah, I, I wrote about that on the, on the Entre Tiempos uh, thing, for example, all the, all the discussion, all the digression that I made on the article about different um, timescales. That was not originally uh, uh, the motivation for the piece, mm. um, but, but it came out while I was doing the piece. And so... I, the piece helped me think about that. And, and, and then when I started thinking about that, I, I started, you know, uh, doing more things with that concept in the piece, which is the RY, uh, RY mode and, and being able to speed it up and slow it down and other things. So, so all those things kind of um, are a, a process that is happening in parallel. So I, start, I may start working on something and it helped me think, then I take some notes those notes, as I develop them into something more, uh, you know, uh, a, a heavier body of writing so that it can become something, then give me some ideas for the piece. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a feedback loop between the writing and the piece. In some cases, in some other cases, I just do whatever piece I want or, or I explore certain things and what I like, I end up doing. Um, but in some other cases, yes, it's a, it's a dialogue, let's say, between writing and the piece. And do you draw? Uh, well, I would love to be able to draw, um, but, but, but my drawing is absolutely terrible. So, so I, I don't draw much. I mean, I was, I, I, you know, I doodle while, I, while I'm thinking or while I, when I was in meetings uh, at the financial, I was doodling 
or when I was on a on a conference call, or I sometimes do. I, I used to do the also much when I was uh, in high school, mm-hmm. um, well in class, but, but like everyone else. I mean, it's not that it's not those doodles are totally worthless. Most of them, I, I just found recently some doodles in a in a notebook. I put that on Twitter the other day. Um, uh, I, I found some doodles which actually looked a little bit like uh, the system where. Uh, that that Dimitri Cherniak used for the ringers thing, uh-huh. and and I was like, oh, I was her thing, and I was I was exploring that thing already. I, maybe I was going to be a generative artist then, and then somehow I got carried away by being a an engineer, which is nice but not so nice. Um, <laughs> it's, saw, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good that that I came back to to you know trying to to, to sketch something instead of uh, being just an engineer. Mm. The reason I ask about drawing is because do you? I was wondering, do you lay them out sort of in some sort of way, and think about them in that way, or do you, or is it just more like it just starts to happen from the organically from the code, and and from your thought processes from your writing? Because sometimes people write, then draw, then you know work on their code, mm-hmm. and then come back to it yeah. and kind of think of it in this manner. Well, I I, I, I do sometimes try to sketch any idea that I have, um, mostly to, well, yeah, sometimes to test it mm-hmm. quickly, aesthetically, but, but mostly so that I don't forget it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I might do this and this and this, and I, I do a very quick sketch. But most of the time, uh, I, don't, I don't really draw uh, while I'm preparing a, one of these uh, systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for the Entretiempos thing, I have to draw a lot. Because I had to, you know, build uh, functions that will create all the geometry that I need to use, and well, I, I had to do that with with pen and paper. Otherwise, it's absolutely impossible yeah. uh, for me to think. I cannot think in, in total abstraction to to come up with that, um, with the mathematics and everything to, to do that. But it's not really sketching and drawing, saying, "Oh, I'm going to create this kind of artwork uh, with with pencil and paper, and then I will see how can I co- code that." That I haven't done very much. Um, Rather, in many occasions, it's not also, I mean, sometimes I just write code and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like I will write, I will take just a function, a, an equation, whatever, and start plotting it and start just wildly changing the parameters and seeing where it leads you to. It's not something that I do a lot. It's something that I, I would like to explore more because it's a lot of fun. But that's not my, my what, what I typically do. I'm not very good at doing that, probably. Um, I... I I kind of have this idea of, oh, I'm going to do this system that does uh, what Entretiempos does, or I'm going to do this system that does, um, uh, yeah, tribute to Malevich or tribute to other Spanish guy that I was doing, but also kind of using lines and so on. And I, and then I explore that further, or uh, I see something, uh, or, I, or I listen to something that brings me some kind of image, or that brings me some kind of feeling, and then I try to, to say, what how can I come to the same feeling through code mm-hmm. or how can I, you know, and that, so, so that is the process. And, and I, since I'm not a very good drawer, um, I, I don't even know if you say drawer in English to mean, to, I, I to refer you know, me. I've as always someone. wondered what you'd say there. I think it's illustrator. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Illustrator <laughs> probably. Yeah. Since I, since I, well, since I draw very badly, then I don't use it that much as a tool mm-hmm. to, to explore the, but yeah, I, that's that's some of the uh, that and reading more is something that I should do. Mm, reading more is is key too, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, you already. It seems to me like you have a good way of getting your thoughts together, and you can actually articulate those thoughts very well. And you're very um, to you know, I don't know what a better, better word here, but to be you know, you're a very thoughtful person, and so those types of things they reflect in your art because it tell you can you can can see it whenever you look at it that you have been thinking about what you're doing as you go along and it it's cool that you write about it it's also cool that you try to like you know work through these things as they happen is there anything that you're sort of working on now that you uh want to talk about or is it uh is it too soon past this um antitiampos is this i mean you mentioned to me that you're going to be having some work in some exhibitions soon yeah. So, um, well, Entretiempos uh, is going to be shown along with um, with the works of other 20 uh, art blocks artists. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be shown at the at the pavilion at the Venice Biennale, which is which is uh, absolutely fantastic news. That's incredible. And um, it's fucking yeah, congratulations. Our, our, our blocks. Yeah, thank you for that. It's I think it's all the merit of art blocks. I mean, they're doing a great job at um, at uh, trying to to exhibit uh, generative artworks in in many different uh, settings. Yeah. And, uh, and and yeah, they're, they're 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 just talking to a lot of people and and taking all the opportunities that they can. So so it's it's them doing the the, the heavy lifting there. Um, and also I'm I'm but that that will be just uh, two two specific entertainment spaces uh, that have been selected will go there. But um, I've, been, I've been preparing something based on the entertainment code, uh, but pushing it further into the, into the idea of a dynamic evolving piece. Uh, so it's, it's a piece that it's, let's say, in the RY mode mm-hmm. forever. Uh, it doesn't have any other mode. It's, it's, so it's forever going on. But every time it loops, it's going to be different. So it's, it's an evolving piece. It's not um, a system that, uh, well, it runs and then it runs the same thing and then it runs the same thing and so on. But rather, it's, it's something that plays with the, or, or tries to think about the concept of, um, um, uh, well, I don't know if the word exists, but impermanence. Mm-hmm, uh, so, so the concept that, that the things are never the same and things are never forever. Um, so, so yeah, and a little bit of erosion as well in there. So, so yeah, I'm producing that work for um, for a show that is that is for yeah for an exhibition that is going to be I don't know opened during April. I still don't know when. So, so April, probably I better like, just like here in the next couple of like weeks. now, yeah, like, like probably in a week, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> and and actually that that piece comes. Uh, it's going to be a, a digital piece. So. Actually, this is not going to be a long-form generative thing. I mean, it's based on that code, but it's going to be just one piece. Yeah. Um, uh, for now, and uh, which which you know has certain yeah evolutions, let's say over into the impulse and, and certain evolutions over time as well. And then that goes with a physical piece that uh, that is actually a plotted thing. Um, and well, the, the the physical piece was it's not going to uh, plot any of the possibilities, let's say, that the system could come up with, but instead it's going to plot, um, uh, it's going to, to display the equations that drive the evolution of the other piece because the piece is forever changing, but what is uh, forever the same are the equations that govern the parameters of the, of the piece. Huh. So, so it's going to be a simple plot of, uh, you know, a lot of functions um, all together. Uh, and they're going to be visual effects together? And they're going to be, yeah, well, the physical piece and the, and the digital piece are going to be exhibited together and, and uh, whoever buys that piece will get the NFT, let's say the digital piece, and the plot. Cool. And the, where's course. this going to be? Is this going to be there in Madrid? No, this is, uh, well, the, the physical exhibition, I'm not fully sure, ah. but this is going to be at the Kate Bass Gallery, and I think it's, um, I think that's in Zurich, but I don't know if that's where the physical um, exhibition is going to be, but um, but yeah, it, okay, uh, I guess we we will tweet about it or announce it as soon as as all the details are known because it, it's a little bit undefined yet the date and everything. Interesting. And um, and well, after that, I don't know. I've got certain ideas um, uh, that I've written down, and I've been playing with some concepts also, and publishing some small things on Twitter. Just experiments, but uh, but I want to go back to the concept of of the visual counterpoint on one side, and I and and, and the this idea where uh, where part of it came from, which is uh, reflections, light, and shadow. Also, mm-hmm. uh, that is something that always uh, takes my attention for 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 a long time uh, when when there's this beautiful light. Uh, either coming in through the window or you, you look at a nice uh, building and then you see the different shadows, the different play between shadow and light yeah. as, as the day passes by mm-hmm. and, and the nice light at the, at the early hours and at the late hours of the day and so on. Well, so I really like all that. that and I, 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 hate I, don't to, I hate to cut you off here, but we gotta we got to wrap it yeah. up because of the next show coming oh. on here on the radio. Sorry about that. Sure. Um, but thank oh, you very no. much for being on the show. It's been a wonderful, very thoughtful conversation, and I really appreciate you being here. 
Um, well, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope it has been interesting for everyone. It, it's been excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you, Keith.